You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. DraftKings is not only my favorite sports book, but also America's top-rated sports book. Speaking of America, our top athletes are over in Tokyo competing for the gold, and DraftKings has a medal-worthy offer just for my listeners. So go ahead, listen to this great offer. Place any pre-event wager of $1 to be eligible to cash $100 in free credits if America wins any medal this year. That's 100 to 1 odds on any American athlete to stand on the podium and receive gold, silver, or bronze this week. 100 to 1 odds on an offer like this doesn't come around often, so sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook now to get in on all the action. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It is easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have all been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. So what do you have to do? It's pretty simple. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins a medal. That's code TBPN to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. For a limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or Indiana 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Now on to the show, folks. Hey, what's going on, everybody? We're back. We're back this week. Welcome to the Ruler of the Court podcast. I am your host, Jason Jones of The Athletic. Again, this is the Ruler of the Court podcast, which you probably already know because you clicked on the link to uh, give this a listen. Brought to you, this is, of course, brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network. Happy to be with you. A lot's happened since the last time I checked in with everybody. A uh, whole lot's happened. Uh, we can, we're going to recap the draft. We're going to recap the start of free agency. And by the time you listen to this, things might've changed in free agency <laughs> in on the team after I record this, but what the hell, we're going to go ahead and dive right on in, um, Monday, the start of free agency. And 
Remember last year when the Kings started free agency, Monty McNair's first go around, and I remember it because I pretty much hit the snooze button that day because it wasn't a damn thing for me to do. The Kings uh, had, of course, they agreed to the max extension with De'Aaron Fox, which was more of a formality. We all knew that was happening, but in terms of actually like trying to keep up on who gets re-signed and all that stuff, you know, wasn't nothing happening, and... I was I understood that, but you know, first in your GM, you're kind of in an evaluation mode. You know, none of the moves made were really aimed. You know, the move the moves uh, late in the game, adding Hassan Whiteside at the vet minimum, adding Glenn Robinson, who didn't who didn't finish the season with the team, vet minimum. Those aren't moves designed to win. Those are moves designed to fill out the roster. So. For me, it lowered. No, not that I had high expectations for the Kings. Definitely didn't make them. Didn't didn't raise my expectations. Fifth thing, it lowered them. Told me that this team is not trying to go all in on winning this season. It's going to be evaluation. You know, kind of seeing what you got here, and then moving on into next off season with a, with a clearer path to success for the Kings. And this off season. It's definitely been a, and I, you know, it's definitely already off to a much better start than than anyone would have guessed. I mean, not to say better, but it's a more active start. First off, whatever I begin, I had written in the for the Athletic uh, heading into free agency that all indications were that Rudy Gay. I'm sorry, my bad, not Rudy Gay. I just saw a tweet about Rudy Gay going to Utah. But that uh, Rashawn Holmes would likely be staying with the Kings and it would take a team coming in offering somewhere in the range of four years and $60 million or more to not make that happen. Bingo, I was right. Rashawn Holmes stays four years, $55 million with the Sacramento Kings. Can't remember the last, I think, I can remember the last time a Kings free agent went into free agency and then returned. I mean, you know, they've signed guys to extensions, but it's been a while since a guy said, I'm going to be a free agent and then turned around and said, I'm going to stay with the Sacramento Kings. So Rashawn's obviously happy. Biggest payday of his career. Mind you, his first deal with the Kings was two years, 10 million. So a man has, you know, multiplied his salary exponentially, you know, not that he was broke, but, you know, you get that, you know, now that, you know, he's got that, you know, some good, good money coming his way. So that keeps the Kings um, starting center in town, keeps the guy they believe will be a defensive uh, cornerstone as they continue to rebuild this lineup. Does all you know? It does all that stuff that the Kings want from Rashawn Holmes, and it takes their top priority. It takes care of their top priority in free agency, which was keeping Rashawn. Next up, and this is actually the first move that was uh, reported, came out, confirmed, and all that. Mo Harkless staying with the Kings, two years, nine million. Another guy who. Could have left. You think would have left? Not maybe. No, that you had. They had. You had a good idea. Would leave or could leave. 
just because he's a veteran. Probably has maybe wants a chance to win right away, but the Kings make him an offer that clearly he can't refuse. Mo became a very popular guy in the locker room after being acquired by Miami back in March. Mo was a guy not even in the rotation with the Heat. Comes to the Kings, ends up being a starter by the end of the year. You know, helps contribute to what you started to see were inklings of improvement in the defense. And again, uh, just a solid type vet in the locker room. And Mo's only like 27, so it's not like Mo's an old guy, but it was um, pretty much Mo's first time on the team being the quote-unquote vet in the room. And the guys, they seem to respond well to Mo Harkless as the vet in the room. As, as someone told me, when it came to Mo, the players kind of felt like Mo was that big brother that you didn't want to let down. That guy who, you know, he showed you or told you what needed to be done, and he did it in such a way that you just didn't want to disappoint Mo. <laughs> and so the Kings keep him in town on a two-year deal, $9 million. His fit, his need is that the Kings need wing players. They need players with a length on the perimeter who will help shore up the defense that will allow the team to be more switchable and versatile on defense that will allow the Kings to play Harrison Barnes as a stretch four but also without sacrificing all their size on the front line. I mean, I've said before, Playing small is a style of play. You don't necessarily literally want to be small on the court. <laughs> and the Kings were too damn small last year. Shit, they were just a little team. So keeping Mo allows you to have more, some more flexibility, some more diversity in the lineups you might be able to use. And I think a Rashawn, Harrison, Barnes, Mo Harkless front court and gives you some more options defensively than it does, say, having to use a buddy healed at that spot, or you know, just, or you know, even if you keep him a, a Terrence Davis at that spot, a smaller guy, you want some some length to go with it. So that deal makes sense. And then on top, then lastly, um, uh, the Kings are bringing back Alex Lynn on a two-year deal that my man Mike Scotto with Hoops Hype reported was for uh, seven point six five million dollars. Uh, I can't think of a guy who became more unpopular, not more unpopular, became more popular or ingratiated himself with the fans in such a short amount of time as Alex Lynn did back in the spring of 2020. Uh, the big man was part of, um, part of the Dwayne Detman deal. He ends up in Sacramento along with Jabari Parker and he came, he wasn't, I believe he was, you know, dealing with an injury, it was, uh, um, Took him a while to get on the court. And he only played 15 games. But it was how he played the 15 games. He played with a nastiness, you know, uh, uh, just, a, uh, just a physical nature that the Kings didn't have then. And the Kings really didn't have last year. I mean, they had Hassan Whiteside, but he was in and out the lineup. You know, he dealt with COVID, you know, a couple of times. And... I, and Alex was a good fit that just wasn't retained last offseason. He ended up signing with Toronto, let go there. Then he ended up in uh, Washington, started uh, 40 games for the Withers last season. But he'll come back as uh, Rashawn's backup. 
the compliment, you know, a, a, a good physical compliment to what Rashawn does. Uh, get this, a guy coming back to play for Luke Walton and the Kings. So, hell, th- that alone makes <laughs> what we saw from the starter free agency unique for the Kings. So, those are your three major moves that were made. And there's a whole lot to be done. But before I get into that, I want to also go back and recap the NBA draft. Yeah, I haven't talked to you since the draft. Been a busy few days between the draft and free agency popping right up on top of that. But ninth overall pick, the Kings used that on Davion Mitchell. And they used the second round pick, 39th overall, on a center. Namias Keita, or Namias Keita, my bad. But, you know, so let's go ahead and talk about what those picks were. And the Mitchell pick, I got a lot of the angst, confusion, like, why would you take a guard that's about six feet tall when you already have De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, at the time they had the line, right? You have a lot of guards, why would you take a guard? And I'm not here to cape for the king because I get it. You're thinking, damn it. James Booknight is right there. Moses Moody is there. Why in the hell are you taking a damn point guard? Makes no sense. But I'll say this. Like I said, not to put a cape on Monty McNair. He don't need my cape. He can do what the hell he wants. Ain't make my shoulder run. But I'm going to say this. For years, I have said the Kings need to draft the best player available in the lottery. Positional drafting in the lottery is why the Kings have the lack of talent they have on the roster or the lack of young talent should i say trying to find the right piece saying you know what what if we lose jason thompson we've got to draft a power forward we've got to take thomas robinson when damian lillard's on the board no why are we you know so many different moves like that where you're saying why are you taking this guy why are you saying okay we need help you know a few years ago, we need we need help with the interior. Do we need you know we need help with the interior defense? You know, so you pass on a Devin Booker, and you take Willie Cauley Stein in the lottery. You know, just it, in when you also had Demarcus Cousins on your team, so that made no sense. But hey, but that's probably kind of um, ruining my point. But the fact is, is that you take the best player available. You don't draft for need in the lottery if you can help it. And if Davion Mitchell was your best player on the board, you take him. And you know what? You let the guys fight it out, you know. You know, you let the, you let them sort out who gets to play. And in terms of Davion, I'll say this. If De'Aaron Fox had has, had been the defender that the Kings thought he would be and they took him in 2017, I don't know if you draft Davion Mitchell. I really don't. But he Fox has not been that elite defender that the Kings predicted he would be. And they don't have a bulldog back there. They don't have a guy with no dog in him. And too many times over the last few years, not just De'Aaron, but, you know, anyone you've had, you know, you just didn't see enough this fight on that on-ball defense. And the one thing you've got now with Davion Mitchell is you've got a guy who ain't going to take no shit. He, it's, pre, it's pretty clear that He's going out there to compete at a super ridiculous level. Talk to a uh, scout I know, and I had compared Davion's persona, in essence, to... It reminded me a lot of Isaiah Thomas, just the idea you're a smaller guy with a chip on your shoulder. And 
what the, the scout told me was that in terms of work ethic, Mitchell is above Buddy Heald, probably in this terms of how much he works. And if anyone knows about think about Buddy Heald, who we'll of course talk about, about a little bit later, Buddy Heald is a maniacal gym rat. Buddy Heald is the guy you got to yank off the court. And if Mitchell is bringing that, and he's coming in saying, I'm going to make whoever the opposing team's best offensive player his night hell. If he's coming in willing to guard multiple positions, I know they've said one through four. I'm not buying <laughs> Davion Garden fours in the NBA like he did in college. But hell, if you watch the Kings sometimes last season, he couldn't have been no worse than some of the stuff they had going on out there. But if he's going to bring that, that means he's going to be pushing guys. And I'm all for that. I think you no, know, when you're the Kings and you have the records you've had over the last 15 years, why is anyone ever comfortable? Who, no one on the team should feel like, hey, my, my minutes are sewn up. I don't care who you are because the success on the court is not there to justify anyone feeling like that. So if Davion comes in and puts some pressure on you, I'm all for it. Let's, you know, you know, let's get it on. Let's see what happens. Let's see if the chips fall. And if that means in a couple of years you're dealing someone who's already on the team because maybe Davion's outperformed even where you expected him to be and you convert another player into assets in another way, so be it. But uh, my original point was this. If Davion Mitchell was your top player on the board available, you take your top player regardless of position. You figure the rest out. So, like I said, I'm not putting the cape on for Monty. You know, what I am saying is that if that was the case, and also, you know, added to this as well, the Kings might have played some of the worst defense collectively I've ever seen covering them or covering the league for more than a decade. So, I am not going to kill them for drafting anybody who plays defense. My God, did you watch a Kings game last season? If you did, you can't argue with them wanting defense, them wanting toughness. And if you look at the drafting of Mitchell, bringing Alex Lynn back, um, clearly the Kings are doubling down on the toughness. You know, you know, you can look at stats. You can say that they could be looking at, you know, height, weight, you know, points, rebounds, assists, you know, analytic stuff. It's, it's clear that this offseason, they're slotting toughness <laughs> up there with height and weight just because this was not a tough team last season. You know, for years, Dave Yeager would say, we got a bunch of nice guys. You got a bunch of nice guys. In case you didn't get it, folks, that was cold for Dave Yeager saying this team was soft. And then you, you you go on to Luke Walton saying, you know, no resistance, no resistance. You know, can we at least not let a guy, make a guy dribble more than twice before he goes by? That's cold word for saying the team is playing soft. And the word around the league for years has been the Kings are a soft team. And over that time, you know, you've had your guys like DeMarcus, Cousins, Isaiah Thomas didn't have that you no know, soft label, you know, guys like Rudy Gay, who I advertently mentioned earlier. But, you know, you've had guys, I look at a guy like Garrett Temple. I don't think anyone thought Corey Joseph was soft. But, I mean, just collectively, the Kings were known as a team that if you, you know, you 
put a little shoulder to them, rough them up a little, they'll fold, they'll wilt, they'll back down. So I think the Kings are seriously upgrading the toughness area. You know, like I said, they might just have a stat for toughness last season, this coming season, and they're really looking to upgrade that. Uh, Kata, the second round pick, a seven footer who rebounds, blocks shots. Again, defense, again, inside presence, again, toughness. He's a guy who you can expect to probably see in the G League, especially with the amount of bigs the Kings now have. And, but, you know, go looking forward, like I said, more toughness, more physicality, more, you know, more high basketball IQ. All the things that uh, Kings fans have complained about, all the things the media has maligned the Kings for not having, there appears to be a serious focus on getting those things. So, like I said, I can't kill them for, the, for, for wanting to go out and get tougher and get guys who play defense. And the guys the Kings resigned and the guys the Kings have added, you know, since the end of the season, it's all been about adding toughness and physicality for the most part. You know, there's, there's some level of toughness in everyone. So I'm willing to sit back and see how this thing plays out. Again, if you if you're not excited about a six foot guard who's coming in to be the tough guy, I get it. But Kings are doing. I, I'm gonna let it see. I'm, I'm gonna see where it plays out. And on those nights where said maybe a De'Aaron or a Tyrese or someone just isn't up to snuff on the defensive end, the Kings got a dog now. The Kings got a guy you say a young, athletic, you know, guy who wants to go up there and make someone's life hell. So yeah. Which brings me to last week's trade that was agreed upon because one of their guys who I would have put in that kind of dog category for them was DeLon Wright, who was acquired the trade deadline just like Mo Harkless. I thought DeLon Wright made them a better team last season. But the Kings agreed to a deal. It hasn't been officially done, uh, done yet. They agreed to a deal, a three-way deal between Boston and Atlanta where they're going to send DeLon Wright to Atlanta and from Boston, the Kings will end up with center Tristan Thompson, another physical tough guy. Now, having signed Alex Lynn, brought Rashawn Holmes back, makes you wonder, do you still need Tristan Thompson? Hmm. Uh, something tells me no, and something tells me that Tristan could be on the move again. Depending on how all this the whole thing plays out. And why might he be on the move again? Because remember last, you know, remember we talked about it, the uh, idea of Kyle Kuzma, Montrez Harrell ending up in Sacramento? Well, as we all know at this point, that deal didn't happen. Uh, the Lakers ended up trading Kuz, Trez, then Contavious Caldwell-Pope and some other and some, some draft capital over to Washington to get, to get Russell Westbrook. That meant Buddy Hill stayed in Sacramento and I'm of the belief of the opinion of the thought that they're not done trying to deal buddy uh, from what I read and talk to people the Lakers aren't done trying to get buddy healed so there's going to be more movement I believe and that movement always likely happens to get trade and you have buddy who to me right now in terms of trade value is the king's prime trade asset in the sense that he's the one that could be available i mean i'm pretty sure people would rank probably De'Aaron and tyrese ahead of him in terms of value on the market but those guys aren't the ones they're trying to move 
So you, 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 you take Buddy, you take a Tristan Thompson's deal, which you may or may not keep. You take Marvin Bagley III and his expiring deal at 11.3, and the idea that whoever you were to trade Marvin, they'd have a chance to offer him a qualifying offer and retain him for at least another year. Or they could just let him walk and, you know, free the money off the books. Either way, you have some trade options, and uh, there's no way in the world money can be done because the Kings still need to address their depth on the wings. Uh, right now, uh, if you go with a bigger starting lineup, for example, and you say, as of now, Marvin Bagley is your starting four and Mo Harkless is your starting three, who do you have behind those guys on the wing? DeLon Wright um, in this proposed deal is gone. He's about 6'6". You got Robert Woodard the second. But he ain't played. He ain't played. He's gonna be playing the summer league, uh, California Classic in Sacramento and in Las Vegas. You know, Jamias Ramsey is another second-year guy, and really, those guys are really rookies. They really haven't played. You know, last year was a terrible year to be a rookie with no G League. Essentially, you had, G, you had the gobble, as they called it, but then you didn't have those extended minutes the G League. There wasn't practice time, so as uh, Woodard put it. He basically had a red shirt year last <laughs> red shirt year last season. So, but the point is, you don't have the depth and experience on the wing you need if you're serious about turning this into a playoff team. So, you're going to have to make a move of some kind, some way, somehow to add some more depth. And I think with those trade pieces, th- those guys could be guys on the move. Depending on how big of a name you're talking about, you could probably be attaching draft capital to that, you know, future first, maybe lottery protected, so on and so forth. Because if the Kings are serious about ending their playoff drought, they could not bring the same team back and and expect any of us to believe they're serious. I mean, if that's the case, go ahead and tell Luke Walton, you know, hey, get ready for another losing season. You're in because you can't bring the same team back over and over and over and wonder why you get the same result over and over and over again. So that's where we are with the Kings. Let's see where things go. And we're going to transition to my favorite part of the show, of course. That's the music portion. Not going to really break down any albums just because I have so much going on, so to speak. But wanted to first off um, shout out an anniversary. Um, uh, a recent anniversary. Um, end of July, beginning of August. Uh, I believe it was July 28th, 1987. The anniversary. That was the day, the day that... Ice T's album Rhyme Pays dropped, and it's said to be the first album with the uh, basically a parental advisory warning. And I just want to give take a moment to shout out Ice T and his contribution to hip hop, the West Coast hip hop culture. A lot of times when people talk about West Coast hip hop, gangster rap, so on and so forth, they go straight to N.W.A. But before you know, you cannot ignore the contribution. Of Ice T, I mean, f- from Rhyme Pay, that song Six in the Morning is still one of the classic West Coast songs. Six in the Morning, Police at My Door, Fresh Adidas squeak, Shoes Squeak Across the Bathroom Floor. 
you know, just the whole, that is still one of the classic songs in hip hop history, especially West Coast history. And Ice-T gave us West Coast hit after West Coast hit after West Coast hit. I'm your, I mean, you know, and then in terms of just the whole freedom of speech and taking on the government and the attacks for of censorship and the call to clean up the music you know the whole cop killer body count thing when Ice-T had his rock band all of that Ice-T deserves and he's still performing I've seen Ice-T perform a couple of years ago he's still performing so shout out to Ice-T and let's continue to celebrate his legacy musically I know some of you youngsters only know him as the dude from Law and Order but yo if you if you want to get some history of hip-hop go check out Ice-T's catalog please do so uh, can't forget that uh, today, Tuesday, is what I'm recording. I'm recording it on Tuesday morning. The Versus is coming up. Cameron, not, not Cameron, Dipset in the Lots. Get your Tims out. Get your baggy jeans out. Get your big jerseys out. Get your, your multicolored wave caps, do rags out. Get ready for a fun show. Uh, the Kings are going to probably keep me busy during that. So I may have to be that dude who's at the game with listening to the show via my headphones you know who knows but that should be a good one you know someone said on the internet that the trophy for the, they should have a trophy and it should be a tim for the trophy i'm not gonna endorse all that but made me laugh but we'll, we'll recap that later in the week you know once that you know once we can go back and review and go get all nostalgic i talked a lot about that battle last week so no need for me to go much into it now but and then you know then finally if you get a chance we got you know some new music to drop in July um Long Beach homeboy not that he I know him personally Vince Staples you know you know quick little project but you know Vince is always you know creative witty with the words check that out I actually uh, didn't even realize he had a new project I've been so busy with life and whatnot but uh, listen to the Drink Champs, Drink Champs podcast. Saw that Vince had a uh, new project, and so check it out. You'll enjoy it. And also, Isaiah Rashad, TDE is back in the building with a new project. I think I can't think of the last TDE, TDE project that was whack. I know Kendrick Lamar gets a lot of the shine for TDE, but top to bottom, solid roster, yo. You know, always dropping some good music. So if you get a chance, check out the uh, latest Isaiah Rashad project. And it is called The House is Burning. You know, just dropped recently. So check that out. And also check out all, all the King stuff. You know, I don't know how Draft Kings is going to be able to uh, measure toughness <laughs> as a part of what the Kings are doing. I don't know if you can make a wager on that, but. You know, maybe I'll you know check out the app and see and see if I can convince the people over at DraftKings to make toughness a thing. And so maybe if we can, you know, you can earn some money if Alex Lynn knocks somebody on their ass next season. Yo, know, so that's all I really got for y'all this week. It's just, like I said, uh, been a crazy couple of weeks between me taking time off, the draft, free agency. All things have been going wild. But if you're a Kings fan, you might feel a little better than you did couple of days ago because even though it seemed to me that Rashawn was going to be back a lot of folks weren't sure but he's he's back you've 
you know, now it's the time to see what Monty McNair does next with all this, with some of these contracts he can try to move and try to get some more help. Because, like I said, you can't bring back basically the same team and be like, we're going to make the playoffs now. Maybe you will, but I don't believe you. You need more people. Or in this case, I don't believe you. You need more defenders. I don't believe you. You need more experience. I don't believe you. You need more winners. So, yeah, let's see what happens with that. Okay, y'all. Y'all know where to follow me on my socials. On Twitter, at Mr. Underscore Jason Jones. At Instagram, at Mr. Jones LBC. Uh, the Yes, I'm Watching Wrestling podcast is out there. The Culture Calculus podcast is out there. Two podcasts that have nothing to do with the Kings. So if you want to check me out with that, please do so. Again, thanks for listening. I am Jason Jones. Thanks to the people at the, the Basketball Podcast Network. Thanks to the people at DraftKings for, you know, showing support, showing us some love. And I'm out, y'all. I'll catch y'all before I get to summer league. I'm gone.